In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God, his name was John. He came as a witness, to bear witness about the light, that all might believe through him. Now, he was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, to his own people, did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of a man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, he who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. Now the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. One of the most unusual Christmas memories I have is from a Christmas somewhere in the early 80s. Maybe some of you remember it also. It was the Christmas when the temperature got up to about 72 degrees. Do you remember, do you remember that Christmas? We, we didn't know what to do with it. It was just the oddest year. It was the strangest Christmas. So we, we opened our, we had our lunch and then we opened our gifts and, and then we went outside and we got the lawn dart set out. Remember lawn darts? Kids, you're not allowed to have lawn darts anymore. They're dangerous. But we got the lawn dart set out and we played lawn darts for a while and I found some bottle rockets. Kids, you are allowed to have bottle rockets, just not in Illinois. Uh, I got the bottle rockets out that were left over from the 4th of July, and we lit off some bottle rockets, and we, we had a good time, and we thought to ourselves, we said things like, it doesn't feel like Christmas, and we really weren't sure what to do with it, because it didn't feel like Christmas, and maybe there's something of that today, you know, the forecast has called for warm weather, and even some rain maybe, and I, I mentioned last night we may go out later and make angels in the mud, which I think is always a lot of fun. Uh, and I know you want to complain about rain, and it's not a white Christmas, but you don't have to shovel rain. It's wonderful. It doesn't have to be shoveled. This, this passage is kind of like that. These verses, verses 1 through 18, it's, it's John's Christmas story, but you and I read John's Christmas story, and we think, well, where's the shepherds? Uh, wh where's, the, where's the wise men? Where's Bethlehem? Where are, where's the manger in, in this story? And we read these verses and we think to ourselves, it doesn't feel like Christmas, but it is. It's John's perspective, and John's perspective is different. It, isn't a, it is not a perspective that's locked in time or place. It's not about Bethlehem. It's not about 2,000 years ago. This is the eternal 
Christmas story. And the most important element of Christmas is right here. We don't see a baby in a manger, but we see Jesus. And in an amazing way, John shows us who he is, who Jesus is. That very first verse carries a lot of weight, and you and I can study John 1.1 for the rest of our lives, and we'll never completely understand all that's contained in these few short words. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John identifies without a doubt the exact nature and identity of that baby in the manger. We we struggle to understand it. We struggle to come up with words that, to comprehend what John is talking about. We talk about the incarnation. We talk about God in the flesh. John and, and his people talked about Emmanuel, God with us. It is an intensely personal understanding of the person and the presence of God wrapped up in that child. There's something else in verse 1, and I, and I know you heard it. I'm, I'm sure you did. There are echoes in John 1.1 of Genesis 1, the, that moment of creation. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was without form and void, and darkness covered the face of the earth, and, and the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the waters, and God said the word, let there be light, and there was light. It also echoes a, an age-old problem, the problem of darkness. Not the problem of, of physical darkness, not the absence of, of lights or, or night itself, but the darkness that's in all of us. The darkness from the chaos of sin that has darkened our perception and it darkens us to the presence of God. And that's why He came. In John's Christmas story, we see exactly why Jesus came. Look again at verses 4 and 5. John says, in him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Two weeks ago, Trish and I spent the weekend in Missouri and had a wonderful time together, great time in Missouri, and really enjoyed it. Missouri has over a thousand caverns underneath that state. There's places just covered in caverns, and uh, maybe you've been to a few of them. Have you been to Merrimack or any of the other caverns there in Missouri? Anyone been to those? No? So, yeah, stay out of them. No, they're great. Yeah. You go out of Merrimack? We, uh, we went to one of the caverns near Springfield, Missouri. We went to Fantastic Cavern. It was okay. I would call it fantastic. The best part about Fantastic Cavern is it's a drive-through. Uh, they, they put you in the back of a, you don't let, they won't let me drive through it, but they, they put you in the back of a wagon and it's pulled by a, jeep and you go through the cavern you don't have to walk you don't have to do anything you just sit there and it's amazing and as soon as you go into the cavern uh it instantly hits 60 degrees and it was 20 degrees outside that day so 60 felt really good it was nice and, and if you've ever been to those kind of caverns you know that they're they're divided up a cavern is kind of divided up in different rooms and so they pulled us for a while and they stopped us and they said this is the twilight room and they said if you look back you can still see a little bit of light from the entrance. And, and that's all the light you would have if we were back here and there weren't electric lights and we didn't have lights going. All you could see is that light over there. And, and then they said, now we're going to take you into the blackout room. And we go in there and there's no light at all. And we'll turn all the lights off and you can see what it's like. And so they pulled us a little further. We got to the blackout room and our tour guide asked us, 
Turn off your cell phones. Anything you've got that makes any light at all, turn it off, you know, cover it up. And then she turned the lights off in the room and instantly we were plunged in complete and total darkness. And you couldn't see your hand in front of your face. And it was amazing. We sat there. It was just absolutely amazing to be in that kind of darkness. And then uh, Trish had to go and ruin it for everybody uh, because suddenly she yelled out, get your hand off my leg and uh, <laughs> ruin it for everyone, honey. Uh, I think she was talking to me. It was me, right? John talks about the darkness that's here in, in verse 5. Uh, he says, the light shines in the darkness. The darkness has not overcome it. You stay in that blackout room as long as you like, your eyes will never adjust. There's nothing to adjust to. Your eyes will never adjust to that darkness. You'll never see your hand in front of your face there in the blackout room. And John is saying that's what this world is like. You, you would need a lamp or a light of some kind. John is saying about Jesus, the, the Word, the light, that the, light, the darkness will not overcome Him. You think about those dark places in your life. Uh, the dark places where where sin pulls you away from God. Those dark places where addiction drags you into places you don't want to go. And that darkness and that depression, you can never overcome those on your own. They continue to swallow you up. Why did Jesus come? He came to overcome the darkness for us, to bring the light. That light changes us. And so the Christmas story that John tells us isn't just about who Jesus is or why he came. John's Christmas story is also about who we are now. Uh, you see, if, if Christmas is just a, if it's just a story, then we don't need to be here. Uh, we don't need to do anything with it. But if it's our story, then it changes us. It recreates us into something new. And we must do something with it. John goes on in verses uh, 9 through 14, or 9 through 13. He says, The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. You know from the Christmas story that Jesus was not born in the temple so that the priests could be there and, and worship Him. Jesus wasn't born in the palace so that the king could be there and worship Him. He was born among the lowest of the low. He, he went to the outcasts. He went to the shepherds, the poorest of the poor, the forgotten, to show us exactly what we need to know, that He came for every one of us. I read those words in verses 9-13 through 13 and maybe they sound familiar to you because... There's an old hymn we used to sing. Do you remember that old hymn that we would sing? You hear the words in those verses. Do you remember? He came unto His own. His own received Him not. But all who will believe the power to receive, to be the sons of God by trusting in His name, I'm so glad that Jesus came. And the next verse of that hymn is very familiar. For God so loved the world. He gave His only Son. That's John's big picture of Christmas. John's picture is not Bethlehem. John's picture is not Israel. John's picture is the world. It touches us all. And here he brings it down 
to you and me, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. Our belief in him and what the story means, it changes who we are and it changes how we're known. John says there in, in verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Now John bore witness about Him and cried out, This was He of whom I said, He who comes after Me ranks before Me because He was before Me. For from His fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the Father's side has made Him known. This is why we're here. Because grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. We come to worship. We come to this table not just because of the cross, but because of Christmas. Because as John writes here, no one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the Father's side has made Him known. And we suddenly realize there's something unique about that baby. There's something that is unlike any other. Later, John writes in, in John chapter 14, he talks about that meeting, that night, that dinner in the upper room. And there in, in John 14, he tells about the table that they met around that night. And, and Philip says to Jesus that night, Lord, show us the Father, and that'll be enough. You just, just show us God, and, and we'll be satisfied. That's all we want. That's all we want today. Just, just show us God, and that's, that's enough. And Jesus responds, Have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. We come to the table, the bread representing his body, the cup representing his blood, and, and we see Jesus. We come to the table, and we come together, each one of us, a child of God, not born of flesh, or by the will of, not born by blood, or the will of the flesh, or the will of any man, but born of God. And we see the Father in each other, and we see why Jesus came.